Welcome back for another video. Hope you're enjoying the break. Not long now till FPL's back. In this video, we're going to run through a Gamic 5 wildcard team. Some of you have got your wildcard active already, some of you are considering it, and some of you are wondering when actually is the best time to use it. So we're going to cover all of that in this video. Former world champion Simon March posted a really good article on Scout about when the best time to wildcard is, and it's free to read. As a member, you get access to loads of incredible members-only articles throughout the season as well, and you also get the members area tools, which will help you up your FPL game. Click the link below to try out membership. So the wildcard is the most powerful chip, so the aim is always to maximise its effectiveness. So when's a good time to use it? There's generally a couple of circumstances when I consider it. The first reason is if your team's in really poor shape overall. This could be several injuries, it could be players that have got poor fixtures. Sometimes a string of injuries can put you on the back foot in FPL. Instead of spending transfers in areas where you want to improve your team, instead you're having to deal with injuries and this can result in missed opportunities. Another great reason to wildcard is fixture swings. We've had Double Gaming 7 announced over the break, which is the first double of the season, where Luton and Burnley played twice in Gaming 7, so it is an opportunity to bring in one or maybe two assets from either team. Not a very exciting double though, and you certainly don't want to go triple Luton and triple Burnley, but one or two players could pay off, and this wildcard does have that in mind. Another wildcard window that I'm looking at is Gaming 9. It's another international break, which means you can profit from some price changes and react to potential injuries over the break if any happen. There are a few fixture swings then as well, Chelsea notably. I've got triple Chelsea in my team and I want all of them gone by then when their fixtures turn for the worst. Villa's fixtures are even stronger from Gaming 9. Spurs have got a great run then, and Liverpool have got back-to-back -back home games against Everton and Forest, so I'm not rolling out Salah and Trent for that run. So that's another popular wildcard window. With all that in mind, let's get into the team. If you'd like to follow weekly FPL content on this channel to guide you through the season, hit subscribe. So starting off in goal, which is Leno. Given the opening fixtures that have included Arsenal, Man City and Brentford, he started unbelievably well. 19 points puts him just two behind Vicario, who's top. Luton home a perfect fixture for Fulham to return from the break to. Luton are third worst for expected goals this season, though they have played one fewer game. If we look at minutes per expected goal involvement instead, Luton are still fifth worst in the league. Leno also rotates near perfectly with the keeper on the bench, more on that later. It's a back four, which is Cher, Chilwell, Cash and Adogi. Not enough money for Trippier, though it is debatable whether he's even going to live up to the 6.5 mil price tag anyway. Cher's the perfect middle ground pick, and he's likely to represent better value I'd say. Last season his 4.95 expected goals was second best in the league among defenders. Newcastle have got a really nice fixture swing from here on, so at least one defender is a must. Chilwell's come very close to Hall in this season, and he's absolutely a keep on a wildcard if you've already got him. Only Cash has got a higher expected goal involvement among all defenders this season. Chilwell's taken 21 touches in the box as well, only Esther Pinion has higher, and he's taken 6 shots. I'm backing him for a haul at some point over the next 4 game weeks, and then after that it's the fixture swing in game week 9, which is probably the time to move him on. So Cash sits top among all defenders in the league with 2.39 expected goal involvement. He started out of position in right wing against Liverpool last match, he was later forced to move back into right back after Diago Carlos went off injured. However even in right back he's a great pick. Alex Moreno is due back from injury soon, he plays in left back. I do wonder if it could have any effect on Cash, as he's also a very attacking fullback, and Emery looks to prefer one attacking fullback and one sits back. Not one to overthink for now though, Cash is an excellent pick and Villa have got great long term fixtures. In three of the first four game weeks, his average position has been in the opponent's half. 
Udogi's only blanked once this season, which came back in game week one. Two assists in his last two games. Great value for 4.7 mil. It really feels like big at the back's completely dead this season, with Trent not justifying the 8 mil price tag, and all these cheaper defenders are excelling. Last season, many of us started with James, Cancelo and Trent in game week one, which shows how the landscape shifted in one year, which is great by the way, no two seasons are the same and there's always a new challenge. There's 33% less clean sheets so far this season, which is perhaps in part why. Continuing Spurs and onto the midfield, which is Son, Madison, Fernandez, and Saka. So is Son a knee-jerk pick or not? A hat-trick last game week's obviously got a lot of us considering him. However, it wasn't just the hat-trick. His position was moved and he played through the middle as the focal point of their attack. He suddenly becomes a far better looking pick as a striker as opposed to left wing. It's certainly a fixture to target as well, home to Sheffield United. They're second worst in the league for expected goals conceded, and they're worst in the league for shots conceded with 87 after four games. Life at Spurs has started well for Madison, two goals and two assists in his first four games. He's created 10 chances, 3.42 expected goal involvement, taking set pieces, corners, absolutely everything's going through him. If you don't like to double up with Spurs, then you could swap one of Son and Madison out. For example, Sterling over either of them means you do have enough money for Trippier over Cher. I actually really like Man United's upcoming fixture run. Very surprised that Bruno's actually dropped in price over the break. Again, this is where a wildcard can be handy to make profit. You sell a player like Bruno before they drop and then buy them back in. 0.1 mil immediately saved. He's second in the lead for non-penalty expected goal involvement with 3.17 XGI over four games. Again, if you do prefer Rashford over Bruno anyway, then it's an easy swap here. There's money in the bank to make the switch. For me, the penalty duties just edges it in Bruno's favour. So Arsenal come back from the break against Everton, who've got just one point from four games played. Only Luton and Burnley are lowering the table, but they've played one fewer game each. Come game week 38, Arsenal are likely to be second to Man City for expected goals over the season, or maybe top three at worst. Saka probably hovering around 200 points. So one of Sakura Erdegaard's key to own still. Partey's injury should also equate to Zinchenko starting regularly now, which means Arsenal invert from his side instead, and therefore White's got license to push forward, which benefits Saka as well. We saw this loads last season, and I'm expecting Saka to kick on from here. Onto the front two and then the bench. Up top we've got Alvarez and Haaland. So Alvarez's minutes read as follows: 90, 90, 90, 89. Pleasantly surprised by that given Pep's infamous rotation. That said, we have seen time and again new signings taking one season to settle in for Pep before having a very good second season. So this could be a huge season for him and only 6.7 mil, two goals and three assists in his first four games. Even if he does go on to get the occasional benching, he'll be worth it. Only Kane and Haaland had more points per start among forwards last season. He started 13 last season, he started four already. We can already see he's going to be getting far more starts. Another decision to make is captaincy. If you do get Son, do you captain him over Haaland? Spurs home to Sheffield United, Man City away to West Ham. I'd still go for Haaland myself, but Son captaincy is absolutely fine if you've got a gut feeling. Both very explosive assets. Man City the more attacking team, but Spurs with a better fixture, so it's really close. So onto the bench, which is Ariola, Morris and Bumo and Botman. So just on the keepers, in the scouts members area, if you go to the season ticker tool, there's a few things we're going to do here. First of all, sort by defence only, rather than overall, because we're looking at goalkeepers. And then if you extend the range, because we want our keepers to be good long-term picks, not just the next five or so game weeks, then click on Fulham, scroll down, and then sort by rotation. So this shows the best rotations for that team. 
So in a nutshell, with a 4.5mm and a 4.1mm goalkeeper pair, we've got very good long-term rotation, doesn't get much cheaper than that. So we talked about double game week 7 earlier. One mistake which is easy to make is to fall into the traps of double game weeks, loading up on players that you'd never have otherwise looked at. Let's be honest, how many of you wanted Morris before the announcement? Not everyone does now even, but some are looking at bringing in the likes of Kaminsky, Trafford, Kabore. In my eyes, I'd say Morris is enough, maybe a Luton defender if your defence is very weak in Game Week 7 and has room for it. Burnley probably don't score away to Newcastle, they probably concede, and I'm not convinced by Foster, nor a defender. And Bumo's benchable away to Newcastle on a wildcard, but not worth selling. In Game Week 6, Udogi and Cash are benchable away to Chelsea and Arsenal, which is when Bumo can start, and one of Morris or Botman comes into the team as well. So that's the wildcard, let us know what you think in the comments below. This coming week ahead, there's going to be videos on which players to buy for Gaming 5, answering all your key questions, my Gaming 5 team selection, and then the experts video. Lots of great content lined up, so hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Thanks for watching, and see you soon for the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network.